we probably said this on here before, but I often use the three C's with a lot of wives that I'm meeting with. And I think that's even just helpful for them to have this mantra of remembering that I did not cause this. I cannot cure this and I cannot control it. Mm -hmm. And that might be helpful. It might be scary in some ways too, that, oh my goodness, I, I, I don't have power over this right. thing. And yet to also know that I did not cause this. This is not because I wasn't enough. Welcome to the Faithful and True Podcast. We are happy to be with you today. I'm Randy Everett, the co-host, together with uh, Dr. Greg Miller, our usual host as always. And we're lucky today to have back with us from the staff of Faithful and True, Chris and Elizabeth Hardesty. Great to see you guys, Thank you. as always. Great to be here. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for giving us the time to come back again today. Uh, we really enjoyed the conversation the last time that you were on with us, and we uh, got to... Th thinking about the healing journey and the items that you can do uh, for a husband to try to earn back his wife's trust. And today we're going to talk about the importance of uh, the husband not trying to blame his wife for his life choices or his acting out behaviors. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And again, um, this is a series that we've been doing. It's based upon a, a list that Mark and Deb created together. Um, but really, the, from the women's workshop, mm -hmm. the work that has been done there. So there's been a, a list that has been created of some very specific things that um, husbands can do to begin to rebuild that trust. In fact, at the men's workshop, um, typically it's Debbie, but not always, but someone will come in and share with husbands, these are some of the things that help to build, uh, rebuild trust. And one of them is the idea of not blaming your spouse for your acting out and for your addiction. And so just to begin with, we want to say that we know that blame is destructive in any relationship. Because if I'm blaming someone for something else, um, I'm not taking responsibility for it. In fact, one of the principles that we talk about is we don't talk about the past to blame the past. We talk about the past to understand. Because right. if I can understand it, then I can change it. If I'm actually blaming the past, then I'm not taking responsibility for it. I'm not owning whatever is true. And many times I'll be stuck in the past and held hostage by it. So what does it look like or what does it feel like for a spouse, Elizabeth, when you're working with a woman and she's aware that her husband is directly or indirectly blaming her for his choices? Well, I think first of all, um, the, as you said, the destruction that that causes, the the pain that that causes, it's just it's it's, it's a, I think additional a, additional pain for a wife. I I have, I work with a lot of women who really struggle or have struggled with believing that maybe it's my fault or if only I could have done something different or been something more or whether indirectly or directly have been told this is because of you. It's because you weren't this enough or you weren't that enough and. Um, it certainly just adds, I think, to the complexity of the healing of this, of them trying to change themselves in all kinds of ways. And when they hear and know, like, no, you're this, you did not cause this, right? Is 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 a pretty big deal. You know, one one of the things that's probably underneath that is also a sense of hopelessness. Mm -hmm. That if I'm not taking responsibility for something, I can't change it. You know, I often say stewardship begins with ownership. I can't steward something that I don't own. I can't change something that I don't own. And we often talk here about the fact that there's this continuum, and at one end of the continuum is blame, and blame says it's all your fault. 
At the other end of the continuum is this shame message of I'm worthless, it's all my fault. And when we're either in blame or shame, we're not in ownership. We're not in that truth that this is mine. And I often use the language, whatever is mine is mine. I need to own, and what is not mine, I need to release. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it gets confusing, especially if we grew up in a home where we were over-responsible. We, we're taking responsibility for things that were not ours. But as I get wiser, I can identify, this is mine. You know, my addiction is mine. Mm -hmm. And so I need to take responsibility and, and own that. Mm -hmm. um, what are some of the ways that a husband can directly or indirectly blame a spouse. Well, I think uh, I, I, when I'm working with someone, I'm direct. Well, both pieces, direct or indirect. I'm listening for. I'm looking for ownership, and I'm looking for responsibility. Kind of that piece that you were just talking about, Greg. I'm really on the lookout for that, and I'm and I'm and I'm looking for language that might uh, that might come against that. Mm -hmm. You know, like um, you know, I. I maybe just direct, like it's her fault that I'm in this situation or this has been going on for years and it's because of her work situation or there's so many, there's so many, but lis really listening for language that um, aims to shift focus or blame mm -hmm. from, or focus or uh, ownership or responsibility from him on onto her and placing that onto her or someone else. Yeah. And so when yeah. I think another way I, I, we were laughing earlier, this idea of active blame and passive blame. So the active blame would be that direct, this is your fault. Mm -hmm. I think a more subtle thing can be this, this language of if only you had done this. You know, if, if only she had been more available. And, and one of the things that may be true is I may not be saying it directly to my spouse. And yet if I believe it or if I'm communicating it to anyone else, more than likely my spouse is picking it up. Mm -hmm. So I may have never said to my spouse, well, if only she had been more sexually available, I wouldn't be struggling with this. But if I do believe that and I'm sharing that with others, my guess is there's a, an energy that the spouse picks up. And... For some women, it may be very confusing because to their face, they're not being blamed. But the way that it's being discussed in his community or the way that things are being unfolded or maybe even the lack of progress mm -hmm. can be an indication that there's more of that subtle behind the scenes blame that can be occurring. Right. Just the way that feels. I right. think there's even just a sense of that. And I think it's just something that, you know, the the husband may not even be fully aware of. It's even just for him to become more more um, aware. We talked about awareness in the mm -hmm. last podcast yeah. of what, what are some of those messages of blame, the undercurrents of um, justification that mm -hmm. might be going on for me that that might be more subtle. Yeah. And what, what's the, what, what are the, uh, um, being aware of what I, what, why my motivation for saying things outside of, cause I, I was just thinking about this same, this, this, this concept of, uh, I think we're, we're pretty adept even if we're not aware not necessarily aware of it, or if it's not in, not, not entirely like malicious, that if I say something to someone, it's going to get back to. I mean, we see this too with churches sometimes, mm -hmm. where you know I'll go to the I'll go to a pastor, or I'll go to the elder board, or something like that, and then there's a sense of there's a transference of blame or something that right. might come back to the wife. Yeah, you know, in some cases. Well, and I, I think you know one of the things we talk about is you know in your family growing up, what were the family rules? Mm -hmm. Well, if you grew up in a family where the family rule was to blame. Well, you adopted that, you, and it's going to take effort to do it differently. And so what may be true is, again, it's not this huge conscious effort, but because 
In my family growing up, there wasn't a sense of ownership modeled. We're constantly looking for who else is responsible. It can't be our fault. Be yeah. And so we're looking at something else. And it makes perfect sense if I'm fixated on the fact that my marriage wasn't what I wanted it to be. And that's why I struggle with sex addiction or that's why I act out in this way. Then the natural recourse is simply to blame myself because I'm doing everything I can to have the marriage I want. So if I don't have that marriage, it must be my spouse's mm -hmm. fault. And again, it, it's not a... a, a it's not true for everyone, but I do see in many of the women that come to our couples workshop, one of the things that they struggle with is a sense of over-responsibility. And so if, if a, a man is blaming the spouse, the spouse already has a sense of over-responsibility, they can get stuck in that dynamic for a while. Yeah. Um, is there some encouragement or coaching that you would give to a wife when either directly or indirectly she sensed He's blaming me for his choices and his addiction and his acting out. Well, we probably said this on here before, but I often use the three C's with mm -hmm. a lot of wives that I'm meeting with. And I think that's even just helpful for them to have this mantra of remembering that I did not cause this. I cannot cure this and I cannot control it. Mm -hmm. And that might be helpful. It might be scary in some ways too, that, oh my goodness, I, I, I don't have power over this right. thing. And yet to also know that I did not cause this. This is not because... I wasn't enough. Yeah. Well, and you, you kind of alluded to it is if I did cause it, if I did contribute to it, then maybe if I change that we can change him. Mm -hmm. And I do think that can be scary to really live in the truth. I did not cause this. I cannot control this. I cannot cure it. And it's that le releasing responsibility to the person that is responsible and that would be the husband. Right. And so for the man, I often want to hear it kind of like what you were saying. I'm listening. Is there that sense of ownership? And what we talk about is ownership is not just acknowledgement. You know, that's the beginning part. But really, in order for there to be ownership, there is an acknowledgement piece. But then there's also I'm creating a plan to change. Mm -hmm. And then the third piece is and I'm implementing that plan. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, for a lot of couples, they get stuck because the husband is only able to do the first part of that, and that is the acknowledgement piece. They apologize a lot. They say they're sorry, but there's not change that's coming right. from that, which isn't true ownership. Mm -hmm. And so for the wife, one of the ways that maybe she gets freedom from that blame is when she hears clearly, not only does he acknowledge this issue, but he's also creating a plan to change, and she's experiencing that he's implementing that plan. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, not just words, but also the action behind it. Right. Mm -hmm. And Chris, if, if you're working with a guy and maybe he does have that pattern of blame, maybe that's an old family rule, are there some ways that you can encourage him or challenge him to begin that taking responsibility for his choices? Yeah, I think uh, I, I often will go back. I'll start with just that blame-shame continuum uh, you know, concept that you started with, Greg. And maybe just even some, some education around blame and, and how hurtful it is or how, how it can be, uh, how hurtful it can be. Uh, I think, too, that this is, this is another reason that groups are so powerful. Mm -hmm. Because almost always, if there's a, if there's a propensity to, be, to, to blame shift or to, to, to not take ownership, and again, this could be very old. This might be something that generally it is something that someone grew up with. Right. Inevitably, that will, that will surface in group. And if you're in a good group, and a good group challenges one another and these kinds of things, and so 
I want to get want him to get into a group and get around men who are willing to look for that type of behavior and challenge that type of behavior. Right. You know, one one of the things that we do at the workshop is we have a tool that men use to tell their story. And I think one of the things that is helpful is when a man is able to look at the fullness of his story and his sexual history and development, he can begin to see this was in place before I even met my wife. Mm-hmm. And here at Faithful mm-hmm. and True, when we do a full disclosure, we do it from the birth to the present. And one of the, one of the reasons we do it that way is we want clearly for it to be spoken in the coupleship that this predates the sp- uh, spouse, it predates that relationship, it predates that marriage. And I hope that in doing that, men can then begin to take responsibility for the choices. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, one of the principles that we teach is early, early on in someone's life, sex addiction chose them. And then at some point, they chose it back. And what I mean by that is for every man who's ever come through Faithful and True, at some point they were exposed to something sexual at a time they were ill-equipped or unable to navigate it. It became a powerful presence in their life. They responded physiologically. They responded with the neurochemicals. And so therefore, it came into their life at some point. And then at some point, they began to choose it back. They began to try to resource it to manage their anxiety or their depression. They used it to try to rescue them from their insecurities or their fears. And it's important that we have grace with that little boy who was exposed to something Mm -hmm. sexual. And we take responsibility for all of the ways Mm -hmm. that we have chosen it back in the way that it's hurt other people Mm -hmm. in our lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as the two of you are talking, I'm just struck by the hope that even the hope, the hope around all this that it, when when a man is being supported well in group and really learning how to um, come from a place of not being in that place of shame or blame there is such empowerment right. there's such hope right. that there is there's agency there's something that I can do to to alter the the course of things it doesn't have I'm not stuck it doesn't have to just stay this way that I'm that I'm the victim of the things my wife did or the victim of the things that my parents did um, now, maybe have I been victimized in some of those right. ways? Yes. And now I, I have choices of how I can take responsibility for this and steward this into the future. Mm-hmm. It's really hopeful. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I do, I think it's helpful for us when we are blaming others to see how that renders us in, impotent. Yeah. I'm powerless to change it if I'm not responsible mm-hmm. for it. And it actually is empowering to take responsibility for those things that are yours. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we alluded to this for the men, but I'm sure it's true for the women, that if a woman is stuck in a dynamic where she is being blamed, and maybe even her nature is to take that on, what is the role of her community in helping her to stay mm-hmm. grounded in the truth? Yeah, well, I think just that, to stay grounded in the truth. I think sometimes it, it can be really helpful to say, hey, this is, this is what I'm hearing, this is what I'm believing um, can I can I check this out with my supportive community and um, be able to just what you said to know what is mine to own is is there any part of this that is mine to own and what isn't right you know where where do I say no that's that's not mine yeah. that that this predates me I did not cause this I'm I am not going to take that on yeah and I I do think the lines get blurry and it's not easily discerned what is mine and what is not mine. And that's why community can be so helpful in helping us kind of separate those things out to see, okay, this is mine, this, this isn't mine. Yeah. I think another way that this blame shows up can be in the way a husband responds to his own recovery if a, a wife isn't fully supportive or if a, if a wife needs to take a step back. 
Because there can be this indirect sense, well, you're responsible for this. You're respon- if, if you're responsible for my recovery, then you're also responsible for my addiction. So if you're not supportive of my recovery, that reinforces this idea that you are responsible for my addiction. Mm-hmm. I think if a man is able to continue recovery committed no matter what his wife is doing, that's one of the ways that he can clearly communicate, I don't blame her for my choices. I don't blame her for my choices in the addiction, and I don't make her responsible for my choices in my recovery Mm -hmm. either. That I'm going to function because I want what is good for me and healing for me, and I hope that it will benefit my marriage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I I was thinking, too, of some other ways that this might show up in even in a session. Uh, I think uh, I often see, I'll I'll see a man continue to kind of bring the conversation, take the conversation to the wife. Mm -hmm. The subject matter is the wife or the woman, you know, it's over and over again. And so just continuously trying to bring it, bring it back to him, you know, bring it back to you, you know, what is, and, and there's, it just takes a while sometimes to get, to get to that, to that place, you know, where, where he can, he can, he can really recognize it for himself. We've talked a lot about verbal and what we, and what we hear, but there's also what we see mm-hmm. as well. And so kind of like the, the indirect, you know, the, the eye rolling, um, the uh, sigh, you know, and we might see this, we could see this in an, well, actually all three contexts. We right. could see it individually in couple, a couple session or even in group. And I'm looking for it in all three yeah. for sure. And that's the kind of a, the, the attitude. Uh, what, what is he bringing, he or she possibly, what are they, what, how are they responding? And, you know, and there's, there, it, it doesn't take much to, to, to uh, communicate blame right to the other person and you know what's interesting is i know that y'all work with couples it's actually helpful if some of this chaos comes up in the couple session so if some of that blame you know a lot of times <laughs> don't say our, that great yeah. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. um, yeah. a lot of times when we go to our couple sessions we want to be on our best behavior and, and there's some goodness in that but sometimes what's really helpful is for some of the behind-the-scenes stuff to show up. Mm-hmm. And so in real time, to be able to address mm-hmm. this blame piece in the coupleship can be very helpful. Because mm-hmm. maybe he doesn't see it because it does kind of leak out. It's more of that passive blame. Mm-hmm. So in the couple's dynamic, to be able to see it in the two of you or whoever the couple's therapist is, to help bring that out a little bit more and so once it's out, then it can be identified, it can be talked about, it can be changed. Really, that the, the stuff that's going on behind the scenes is some of the more difficult things to change because if I can't acknowledge it, then I can't change it. Mm-hmm. And so the more I can see something, the more I can put effort towards it. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing. I'm just smiling to think about some of these couples I know we've worked with or individuals you've worked with or myself. When, when there starts to be this piece of really taking that personal um, responsibility and ownership, it's 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 just incredible to watch just mm-hmm. how disarming it's a game changer it is yeah. it is so disarming of like what what you're you're, you're owning that mm-hmm. it, it it just it just it can changes be shocking to yeah. the other it really it's like shock yeah. I wanted to ask you guys because you both have worked so much with the individuals and then you've also worked with the couples mm-hmm. um, is there a point during the healing journey where you go they're ready for couples mm-hmm. uh, counseling because we have some people that call. Um, and they'll call on the phone for the first time, and they're looking immediately for couples counseling, you know, mm-hmm. w- without really exploring their own mm-hmm. personal, you know, struggles or, or story. Um, does there come a point when you 
identify when they're ready uh, to have couples counseling, to take that step after individual and have you guys start seeing them as a couple? Mm -hmm. Want to take that? Well, yeah, I think there are some. We often say here at Faithful and True that it's often not one of the first things we do is begin couples work right away right. because of some of these pieces we're talking about here today. There is just a sense of who, who am I individually, and how do I get supported individually, and how do I become more aware of some of these patterns of blame or shame? Um, what what what's functioning underneath? And so I think when we start to sense that there's more of a, a groundedness mm-hmm. in um, their own hoop, there are some pieces that we want to start to move towards. For example, um, a foundation of honesty with a couple, maybe beginning to move towards full disclosure, mm-hmm. um, some emotional health. We don't want a lot of toxicity, right? I mean, if we're just uh, putting out fires of blame, 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 blame. That's not going to be very productive. So um, I think those are some of the foundational pieces. I agree. Yeah, definitely. And we're assessing that, you know, all the time, you know, Mm -hmm. when we're working with individuals and couples. And and it it is an art and a science, both. I mean, there are some indicators, as as Elizabeth is saying, but then there's also the kind of the, after you do this a while, there's just that intuition also that, okay, we could at least start maybe bringing this couple together um, also, I think we've made a distinction on here, too, before between couples counseling and couples therapy, mm-hmm. right? And so up front, we're doing more structure, framework, you know, how do we just get things kind of stable so that they can each really kind of focus on themselves individually? And in the over time, you know, again, if they're both showing signs of being committed to this and willing to get honest and be safe and those, those, those sort of indicators, well, it'll be apparent to everyone. Mm-hmm. And then we'll say, okay, let's let's start bringing you guys together and start introducing some therapeutic pieces here as a couple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One one thing that is true is every couple that comes to Faithful and True has some sort of history, mm-hmm. has some sort of pattern. They have their dances. So in this area of blame, probably what is true is if a wife feels a lot of energy from her mm-hmm. spouse that she's being blamed that's probably not the first thing that she's been blamed for. That that probably has showed up in Mm -hmm. other parts of their relationship. It's part of their history, part of their dance. And so it's important that um, when, as a husband, I'm looking at this, I don't just stop with, am I blaming her for my addiction? Mm -hmm. But what is the pattern of blame that I have in our relationship? And just an aside, I think we can all agree that there are times where the wife can show up with blame also. So that could be a podcast, but that's not this podcast. This is specifically when a wife is being blamed for a husband's addiction, it's not going to move them forward with trust. Right. And so when that shift occurs and the husband is starting to take responsibility and the wife is beginning to experience Mm -hmm. the transformation that comes from that, that's when the trust is going to come. That's right. Because again, if I'm not taking responsibility for it, then I'm not going to change it. Mm -hmm. And until I do take responsibility for it, my guess is the wife intuitively intuitively knows until the husband is taking responsibility for it, he can't change it. Mm -hmm. And there's just not safety, right? Right. And trust in that. Yes. Yeah. And I think we often see too that, you know, vulnerability begets vulnerability. Mm -hmm. If there's, if there's, ownership and taking responsibility on his part, I think there is more, a wife is going to be more apt to find those areas for herself. Again, not his addiction, but her own areas of like, you know what, now I also can come and bring myself to the table and say, hey, I have some things to own myself. Right. Yeah. Now, once, I think what I've seen is once the wife has confidence that the husband is owning his addiction, it creates space for her to begin to look at and identify and own her contribution to the coupleship. 
An- another thing that can be true is maybe the husband isn't dire- uh, directing the blame at his wife, but he's blaming others. He's blaming his stress at work. Mm-hmm. He's blaming his boss. He's blaming his parents. He's blaming um, his past, whatever it is. And for the wife, even if the blame isn't being directed towards her, my guess is it feels unsettling because it's the same principle. As long as he's blaming somebody else and not taking responsibility, there's not going to be the change that she desires. So for the wives that are listening that would say, well, I don't think he's ever blamed me, and yet she's aware he's blaming something, Mm -hmm. it makes sense there's that caution in you that keeps you from really showing up in the relationship. Yes, yes. Is he taking that that responsibility is he owning this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. action? Yeah. yeah. Is there anything else that you feel like would be helpful for people to understand or know in this idea of not blaming in order to build trust? Mm-hmm. I don't think at the at the moment, no. I, okay. I think we we covered it pretty well. Well, good for Elizabeth. us. See, that's why we invite them. <laughs> they think of everything. You know, anything for you. Um, you know, I just think being, again, I think just being gentle that we, this is, this is all, it's not going to go perfectly. I think sometimes this is where we, we are here to support, um, individuals in this process of what does it look like to take responsibility? What does it look like for a wife? If she is feeling blamed, how does she respond to that Mm -hmm. without being reactive, but also not standing in a place where she's just receiving it. And so I think just knowing this, this too is a process. Right. The, the other thing I would say, and we kind of alluded to this, if a man is aware that he, in, inside himself, he's never spoken it out loud, but he does have this blaming of others, or specifically in this case his wife, that he does bring it to his community. Uh-huh. One of the, yep. the things I often say is the role of community is to bring our survivor strategies there mm-hmm. and let our survivor man show up so that wise men can speak truth to us. And so sometimes, you know, I'm ashamed of my blame, so I hide it, Mm -hmm. but that just gives it more energy. So one of the best things I can do to love my wife well is if I do blame her, I need to bring that to my community and let them speak truth, grace, love to me so that I can begin to experience healing. I can begin to understand where this comes from and what part of my story, where did I learn blame, and then start showing up in our relationship in a more honest way without blaming my spouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. See why we let him host? <laughs> he he yes. just comes up with pearls of wisdom all the time. <laughs> well, Chris and Elizabeth, we can't thank you enough for being with us again you're today. Sure. We, we love it every time that you're on the Faithful and True podcast. And Greg, as always, masterful. We'd also like to thank Aaron Wellman, our producer and engineer and uh, man behind the camera. So uh, we uh, appreciate you, uh, as we always do. Uh, We thank you for watching us and listening to this podcast today. We invite you to visit faithfulandtrue.com for more information and more free resources. We have over 400 podcasts, much like this, uh, for you to be able to enjoy. We also have our online bookstore where all of the books by Mark and Debbie Laser are available. And we also have the uh, information and online registration availability for our three-day intensive workshops. Uh, We've been very pleased recently to really see an influx of, of people registering for the workshops. We do the Men's Journey Workshop every month. We do the Women's Journey and the Couples Journey Workshops 
roughly three times a year. But uh, we're having people just step up and say, I heard about this on the podcast. That pleases us uh, greatly. So uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for reacting that mm-hmm. way. And uh, we hope that if you need our help, if you need the guidance uh, and the life-changing uh, effects that you can get from uh, attending our three-day workshops, we encourage you to do that. In the meantime, thanks again for joining us, and we hope that this week for you will be filled with many blessings and with great vision.